0: Hello and welcome back to the Cambridge Assessment Podcast. My name's Alana Walden and I'm here to introduce the next episode in our series of podcasts guest hosted by Cambridge Assessment Network on the different aspects and forms of assessment. In this episode, we're joined by Mike Housden, Senior Assessment Manager for Cambridge Assessment Admissions Testing to discuss why admissions tests are important, what skills and knowledge they assess and how they can support widening access to educational opportunities. So, hi Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, before we start, would you like to just uh, introduce yourself and say a bit about what you do um, at Cambridge Assessment?
1: Hi, Um. yes, I, I, I'd like to introduce myself. I, I'm Mike Halston, I'm a senior assessment manager as part of Cambridge Assessment Admissions Testing. Uh, specifically, I'm a chemistry specialist and I work as part of a science team uh, of mathematicians, a physicist and a biologist, and we work on a variety of uh, university entrance uh, assessments that are used in uh, highly competitive universities for their selection procedures. Specifically, our, our major headline products are the biomedical admissions test, the, um, the BMAT, and also the test of mathematics for university admissions, which is called TamUA sometimes. And also we work on a suite of tests for our own university uh, in Cambridge and also um, deliver some tests at Oxford University uh, for their own admissions processes.
0: So firstly, I'd like to ask, what is an admissions test? Who uses them and why are they needed?
1: Okay, So the university admissions landscape is uh, quite competitive at many universities, particularly in the UK, but we also work with universities across the world. Um, Applications for competitive courses such as medicine and engineering and other physical and biological sciences courses um, require information uh, about uh, people uh, who are applying that could cross a wide range of skills and potential to uh, thrive on a future course. So um, the point of the admissions test is to help the universities um, disentangle some of the information from their large numbers of applicants to make objective decisions about who they want to accept onto their courses. So typically for some some courses with the universities that we deal with um, there are at least five to one applications per place Um, and we aim to provide uh, a consistent objective yardstick for um, the universities to measure all their applicants against uh, as part of that process Um we really see ourselves as part of an overall not a not an absolute uh, pass or fail whether you get a place but we'd like to give at least one consistent piece of information that every single applicant in a particular year will have on their application form.
0: I think you touched on it a bit there already, but how do the universities use the results of the admissions tests to make their selection decisions?
1: Okay, this this varies between our different stakeholders and different universities that we the, we work with, but I can give some examples for medicine courses and for uh, Cambridge University itself. Um, a variety of our our tests are used not as a as a, a set cut score, but they're generally used as either a a, a pre filter. On um, for universities who uh, would normally use interviews as part of their admissions processes. So um, from their point of view, uh, it, it's useful to have a, an internal ranking of their application cohort uh, if they're considering uh, bringing lots of people to interview and that can influence some decisions there. Um, mm-hmm. Some of our tests are used to stretch the very top end of a of an application cohort to try to see whether we can differentiate people more objectively who all have very very similar grades from their high school education um some universities will use this to be able to compare their cohorts to to other similar type universities so this is quite common in the uk with the russell group universities several of which use our bmat test and um and in we work with some stakeholders in other countries as well who um use our tests as a, an international benchmark um, for their, their own application cohorts when they have people applying from all
0: over the world. And do you think admissions tests are more important now in a time when exams have been cancelled and we have had to rely on teacher assessed grades?
1: So this is a very complicated, uh, fast moving situation that we're, that we're dealing with, with the teacher assessing assessed grades situations and, and obviously different countries are using Uh, different methods for assessing things. Um, I feel that the admissions tasks are are in a unique place right at the moment to help people with admission cycles, not just um, this year, but also the next few years, because um, high school education has been disrupted at all sorts of levels, which will trickle down for years and years while people are applying to university. So for example, GCSEs that have been disrupted recently will impact university admission cycles in a couple of years' time. so what uh, as I said before, the the having a, con- a constant objective yardstick for your whole application cohort is something that we can provide that even um, say different exam boards doing A-levels can't provide where everyone's got slightly different variations on, on their application cohorts. Um, when you have predicted grades, one of the main reasons why we've been involved with some of the universities, um, such as Cambridge University is that Many many of the applicants have identical predicted grades for competitive courses. This is particularly true in sciences and maths, where the lion's share of of all the applicants will have the straight top grades in whatever qualification system they're working in. Um, so such that predicted grades become not particularly useful for differentiating the strongest from those cohorts. Um, we also uh, we also work off cycle, if you like, from the the conventional standard standard qualification systems so we run sessions generally in the uk in october november of year 13 for uk students um depending on which universities we're working with around the world we we have some other sessions that run uh, throughout the year um so we we can provide something a bit different that's a bit of a uh sort of slightly different measure of, of qualifications that are sort of more um in a more agile way perhaps than, than maybe standard government controlled um, qualifications can.
0: So what um, skills and knowledge do your as- admissions tests look to assess and um, what makes them different to other high stakes testing?
1: So our, our major focus with our applications is the university admissions. So um, we are generally testing people who are a year before they're about to apply for a specialist university course such as medicine or engineering or any of the sciences. Um, So where school qualifications such as A-levels will be focusing on a combination of uh, acquiring new knowledge and testing that and how you can use that um, in, in different problem type scenarios. What we would hope to test is um, fluency and agility with those subjects, um, which is an important skill for going beyond an A level into a subject-specific um, higher education qualification. So um, we do a variety of tests, some of which are based on a, um, a curriculum. But if we do base them on, say, a science curriculum, uh, what we do is we assess the the landscape out um, both. Uh, comparing to say uh, uh, Cambridge International and OCR but also every other example in the UK, um, Scotland um, and around the world. We we design a curriculum which is purely the core material that people will have um, encountered up to the age of 16. So generally something that they should have become familiar with by the time they're taking these tests at the age of maybe 17 or 18. So we design questions that are based on something that should be really, really well established um, at that time. We also run some tests such as the thinking skills assessment, which are curriculum free, which assess um, understanding, argument and uh, and a wider problem solving type skills in there. So why these are a bit different is uh, we have a very strong focus on the application end of things rather than assessment objectives around uh, recall of facts. So, um, we will design questions that, for example, um, will be using familiar topics but maybe in a slightly unfamiliar scenario. We will be combining topic areas, say from maths and chemistry, at uh, GCSE type level, but maybe combine them to solve problems which are slightly unfamiliar than to to students who have routine past paper uh, types of tests that they can get familiar with to start with. Um, we we're looking for the the ability for a student to combine ideas together, maybe across discipline and across specification. Um, the types of skills that are really important for. Um, progressing onto a university course in these subjects um and that, that that's our intention to be to be something different the um, in terms of how the the tests differ from school qualifications and an a level for example would be focusing on on finding a national um sort of baseline of a of an understanding of say chemistry where the, the focus is on um, differentiating and, and spreading out a cohort over an A to E type um, grading system. Whereas um, top top universities and highly competitive courses will often find themselves with uh, students with collections of the top grades in every subject, uh, applying all at once, and still in the ratio of five applicants to one place. So what we do is we focus on, well, can we design a a test that will really stretch the top end of this cohort, maybe in a way that they've never had before? So. the, the focus in designing our tests is if you have a lot of people who are getting straight A grades, for example, across all of their different subjects at, at a level, how can we design a test that really probes their fluency with that material as opposed to um, routine processing of past papers or um, rote learning of material on on mass. So we're trying to stretch some cognitive um, differences that are useful for people going forwards where, the techniques of rote learning will become less useful to them.
0: So what um, types of questions are used in the admissions tests? Um, Is it often uh, multiple choice questions or is it always multiple choice?
1: Um, It's not not always multiple choice, but the the vast majority of the products that we we have in in our admissions testing unit are multiple choice. And that's partly because um, we need the fast turnaround for our stakeholders because for example, if our, with our UK tests in November, the, the UCAS application deadline to, to UK universities, well, certainly some of the competitive ones, is the 15th of October. They would like to be interviewing um, candidates in late November and early December. So it's important that we can get a quick turnaround of marking, for example, at that stage. So the multiple choice format is very useful for that. Um, in terms of uh, the design of the multiple choice questions, um really the the important factor is is the design of those multiple choice questions at the start. If you want that quick win at the end for the quick marking, you need multiple choice questions that function coherently as a as a test when you put them as a collection. So we put a lot of effort into into how we write these. Um, one of the major factors in designing good multiple choice questions is, um, thinking about what the incorrect options actually are. And um, we consult with many teachers and other examiners from different exam boards um, across the UK and, and more widely sometimes um, to assess what sort of things are a problem for students learning at a particular time. And we, we learn a lot about what the actual misconceptions of topics are and we try to factor those into our um, assessments very actively. So if you have a multiple choice question, testing chemistry, for example, um, we want to make sure that uh, if someone is uh, harboring a, a major misconception about chemistry, that would be a real hindrance to them when they start on a university course, which wouldn't then mean they've, they struggle with that course and maybe will drop out. Um, we would like to sort of um, make them go through the test in the sort of way that they, can, they they feel like they, they can find an answer that's based on their misconception and then they will pick that. And if you collect together a whole load of um, test items, uh, say in chemistry based on balancing chemical equations as a default, um, those types of candidates will tend to pick certain options and we can track that through the test. This becomes part of our, our general analysis for, for any of the tests that we do. So putting in the effort to design the questions is key. We do do one test that isn't um, a multiple choice test, which is a very high level um, maths test, which is the six term examination papers, the step papers, which are used predominantly by Cambridge University for admissions to their maths tripos, but also used by a few other universities such as um, Warwick and Imperial in assessing their their, um, applicants for really sort of world leading departments in mathematics where competition is very high and the A to E type qualifications um, at A levels really don't differentiate the very top candidates. This is particularly a problem in, in maths. So um, in STEP, for example, they will be exposed to much longer, um, uh, much longer three-response type questions uh, that are based on their syllabuses that they've covered at school, but uh, really require a very deep appreciation of that that material. So we're taking the expectation that these uh, that lots of candidates applying, say, for Cambridge for maths will be averaging close to 100% in all of their subjects and modules in, in mathematics. So how can we design tests that stretch that particular cohort as opposed to trying to find where the A to B boundary is, for example.
0: And can you tell me a bit more about how the admissions tests are developed?
1: So, so some of the things that are maybe a bit different to what we do to other, other parts of the organisation are, um, we have quite a lot of stakeholder um, engagement because our tests are designed for, um, well, sort of bespoke for for different universities and different requirements than normal qualifications would be. So, for example, our BMAT qualification, which is used for several medical schools in the UK, we work with the academics in the in the university to to review our. Tests as we go along and they can have some influence on to what types of things they would like to to have in the test so that we can map um map a sort of a, a, a disconnect between high school type science education and um university level requirements for science education um one one important thing we also do with our our stakeholders is that um because the um the because there's potentially some quite contentious issues to do with people's applications to universities and, and whether a test um, is fair at this level. Um, one of the things we, we do routinely with our science tests is that once we've had our item writers and um, chairs writing um, some uh, multiple choice type questions, for example, um, in a similar way that many other people in, in Cambridge assessment in would be developing questions. Our next stage is to send the questions through what we call a science vetting process, where we get university academics um, to review all of the questions for their integrity of um, scientific content and skills. Um, this allows us to um make sure that that or well basically we ask them to to pick apart the question in the most pedantic way possible. Um should there be any way that you could maybe get answers by using the incorrect science or that the science involved is actually a simplification that's used in high school education, but is actually not particularly accurate. Um, we'd like to eliminate those questions from our bank. Um, we, uh, we, we find this level of in, in engagement with our, uh, with the academic world into our tests, very useful for um, for making sure that we don't disadvantage candidates who are very, very strong. So if we're trying to, to test at the very, very top end of, say, an A-level cohort, um, those uh, students might well be aware of many other uh, limitations of their A-level curriculum and because of just a general interest in their subject has led to wider reading and participation in, uh, in say, olympiads uh, in more detail and an awareness of, of a lot more depth of their subject. So it's an important part of our process that I think is unique to us is this um, stress testing, if you like, for academic rigor and it also protects us from, from any challenges that people have with our tests. Saying that, Maybe this is a simplification that's taught, but not actually scientifically accurate. I think that's one one unique thing that we we bring to the to the playing field here.
0: And how can students prepare for an, an admissions test?
1: Okay, so as I mentioned before, the the idea with these things is that well, we're not we're not trying to supersede an A level and a GCSE and what they're trying to do at school. I mean, there are, there is a fundamental learning about your subject which those assess and, and we're not trying to interfere with um, the school education system at all in any country. What, we, what we're trying to do is develop something that in theory, even if there is a curriculum, um, it's stuff that they should be, uh, that students should really be familiar with. Um, at this point, if they're like thinking of applying to a science type degree at university, for example, they should probably be pretty familiar with what Pythagoras' theorem is and how you might be able to use it. So in terms of preparation, what what we do is we make a lot of material freely available on our website um, where we've set out very clearly a a specification which we've defined as a core specification of what we think students really should understand quite well the year before um, starting a university course. Um, so we encourage our students, uh, our applicants, to to look at our website and go through that specification. Just to highlight, if there is one or two bits that they're a bit rusty with, or maybe is is missing from their particular course for whatever reason, um, so that they've got time to to ask, say, a teacher, um, to go through that for them. Um, we also have a free um, subject matter guide on our website for BMAT, but would also apply to other things. So. Um, it generally fleshes out our specification and gives some examples of the types of ways we will be asking questions um, about those particular topics. Um, it's really important for us to. Um, this is all freely available. We don't endorse any um, freelance training courses for these admissions tests. Um, we want to make sure that the, these tests are accessible to to absolutely everyone, and want to make that very clear in the media that um, courses. Uh, claiming to have secret knowledge of how to do our tests uh, are actually do not at all. Um, so, uh, in terms of preparation, the main thing that we will encourage um, our students to do would be to continue on working hard with their, their A levels or equivalent qualifications. That, at the end of the day, is the core thing that we're going to be um, stress testing in our in our um, in our assessments. Um, they need to be familiar with the format because a multiple choice uh, format is maybe a bit unusual to some people and particularly um, having a test where, the, where students won't be getting near 100%. Um, so we're taking a cohort of people who are used to getting everything right, for example, um, and having a test with an average score of 50%. And that can be quite uncomfortable um, for these particular students. So getting used to that is the, the, the best thing that they can do. Um, practicing under time conditions, uh, we have some research showing that that is the biggest uh, predictor of being able to do our tests well and get giving people the best opportunity to get a um, a good score put onto their UCAS form by our tests.
0: And do you think that the preparation for the admissions tests can have a positive impact on a student's learning and understanding?
1: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So. Um, so when when applying to university, there there's a lot of uh, unknowns when when you're at school. Um, so preparing for these types of tests really does m- make you be able to sort of self-assess how well you really do understand some of these subjects, rather than necessarily uh, just um, just enjoying being surrounded by the subjects. Because when you're studying independently at university, you really do have to have that um, individual motivation. So preparing for the for these tests really it is one of there's some of the few things out there that can really assess whether you are broad uh we have a broad knowledge base that's pretty strong um together with can you apply the knowledge as opposed to sort of more passive learning by reading um textbooks for example um so i think that students uh can use this complementarily to their um to say their a-level studies um just as a slightly different way of assessing um, whether they have a, a deep core understanding of their subject as opposed to just knowing some new things that they're learning as and when. I think the emphasis um, in high school education is very different to university education, so it does, um, it does start to sort of point towards ideas of can you think about the problems in, a, in, in more flexible ways um, and people might engage with that very well and actually really like that and, and if they do they're likely to do very well at university. Um, particularly in top uh, top courses at top universities.
0: Do you think admissions tests can support widening access to educational opportunities?
1: So, um, as I mentioned before, one of the main focuses of having admissions tests is not to be a sort of a hurdle to get over um, in any sense. It's a way for people to put something very objective onto their their, UCAS forms that are um, that is comparable across all of the different candidates. That isn't a function of whether your school has many resources or or, um, or better teachers, for example, or more experience with preparing students for for universities. Um, so in terms of widening access, that that's kind of um, why we've provided all of our materials for free on our website, particularly the sort of revision guide that we have for science topics. Um, we want to make sure that everyone has a sort of equal access um, to all of that material. It's also why we don't um, tend to test material that might be um, sort of special knowledge. For example, that people are being taught at at some schools and not others. We keep our curriculum content low, but we test whether people really understand it. Um, and I think that that is different from from, from some of our things. And and hopefully uh, that helps with. If someone is um, genuinely really, really strong with their subject, they can have a score, say, that tells the university that they're actually, despite some, um, say, difficulties that they've had with GCSEs in the past, mm-hmm. if they can put a really good score on their UCAS form to say just before they're applying to university that they're in the top 10% of all of the applicants, um, it allows the university to be able to judge Um, their previous qualifications for example that might have been disrupted into a lot more context so the universities really want to be able to use these types of things for contextual information rather than a a cut cut score because if if, say predicted grades aren't as strong based on something that's happened in a student's past um, we want to be able to have those applicants show what they can really do at a relevant time just before their, their application
0: mike thank you very much if you enjoyed listening to this podcast you can find out more about the assessment network via the links in the description join our community on linkedin and look out for the next podcast in this series thank you for listening to the cambridge assessment podcast you can find more of our podcasts on our website just search podcast gallery or you can find us on apple podcasts or youtube